It's July 12th. I'm Ezra Levant, and you're watching Battleground. Hello, my friends and a few foes who join in every day at 12 noon Eastern time. I talk for an hour off the cuff. We have some videos uh, we play. We show some websites. Uh, but the main feature of our daily chit chat at 12 noon Eastern time, 5 p.m. in London, England, is uh, the live chat. As you can see to the right of the screen are comments that anyone can make. And YouTube's invented something called Super Chat, where for a couple of pounds, a couple of dollars, a few pesos, you can have your comments appended to the top and put in bright highlight uh, for everyone to see. And I keep an eye out in the corner of my eye for those, and I like to read those. Um, I've got some news about Tommy Robinson that I'm going to share, but we've got 60 people watching right now. I'm going to wait a couple of minutes till, till the numbers get up and I'll share those with you. Uh, we have a few things I want to cover today in addition to my Tommy news. Um, the NATO hearings in Latvia, um, Donald Trump very ferocious demanding that um, countries in NATO spend at least 2% of their GDP on the military. The United States spends almost 4%. Canada spends 1.3%. That's falling to 1.2% this year. Um, I want to show you Justin Trudeau's attempt to, um, to bluster his way through that. I don't think it's very convincing. Uh, speaking of bluster, I'll show you <laughs> an embarrassing moment of how Justin Trudeau greeted the Belgian prime minister. Um, uh, spoiler alert, he, uh, he didn't. He bypassed uh, the Belgian PM and went in for a kiss on the wife. And that's, you could say, well, that's just a French thing, the, the air kisses, the cheek kisses. But um, yeah, uh, if you're in the middle of a groping scandal, maybe, maybe that's not what you do. Um, and then I want to talk about Trump in the UK. Donald Trump is, uh, is off for a visit to the UK. And uh, a poll show that actually more Brits support him than oppose him. It's just the media party that's all freaked out about it. All right, we got 125 folks online, so let me tell you some news. This morning I spoke to several members of Tommy's family as well as to Tommy's lawyers. And I have three pieces of news to share with you. And um, it's incredible, actually. The first piece of news, and I just want to make sure I'm spelling everything right, because uh, there, there's a name I want to share with you. As you may know, a couple weeks ago, an outrage happened. The uh, government delayed Tommy's court date for the legal appeal by two weeks. Tommy was supposed to have his appeal on the 10th of July, um, as in two days ago. And the government said, no, 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 we need more time, as if two months wasn't long enough. So they kicked the can down the road two weeks, July 24th. It was a bit of an outrage. Um, the judge was a powerful judge, just Justice Brian Levson, the head of all the criminal courts in the United Kingdom, the top dog for criminal justice in the UK was going to hear the matter. I thought that was pretty exciting. So that was set for July 24th. Top judge, top court. Frustrating that it was delayed two weeks, but there it is. So today I, I spoke with a family, and I have unbelievable news. The court date has been moved, but it's not being pushed further into the future. It's being pulled closer to the present. The new court date is July 18th, less than a week from today. Still at the Royal Courts of Justice in London on the Strand. So it's coming almost a week earlier, and they've changed up the judges. And this, this is what I wanted to make sure I got this exactly right, because I had, was not familiar with this fella. It is now going to be <clears throat> a three-judge panel. That's pretty serious, isn't it? And the judge presiding over the three, well, his name is Sir Ian Burnett. And he is the Lord Chief Justice for England and Wales. He is the top judge in the entire United Kingdom. Justice Brian Levson 
who I told you about before, he's the top criminal judge, which I thought was pretty impressive. But this judge, Sir Ian Burnett, he is the Lord Chief Justice for England and Wales. This is like, if this were in the United States, if the Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court himself, with two other judges beneath him, were to hear Tommy's case. That, there is no higher judge. There is no more senior judge in the entire United Kingdom. And I say again, he's got a three-judge panel. This, this, I think, is appropriate. Because Tommy's case is the most important case in the UK in terms of freedom of speech and Tommy's rights and the politicization of the judiciary. I think the manner in which Tommy was convicted and sentenced in such haste is outrageous. And if anyone can right the wrongs, I think it is the Lord Chief Justice himself. I, I just did, I'm unfamiliar with those uh, <clears throat> wrinkles of the British legal system. Of course, my law degree was uh, in Canada. We don't have something called the Lord Chief Justice. We have Chief Justices, etc. But we don't have the same history, uh, the legal history in the UK. That is a position that goes back almost 800 years, almost to the Magna Carta. It is such a senior office, and I am incredibly encouraged that the Lord Chief Justice, Sir Ian Burnett, is now going to be presiding over a three-judge panel for Tommy Rowe. What do you think? So we got two pieces of news. Piece number one, the date has changed, July 18. That's good. One last week, Tommy has to be in prison. Piece of information number two, incredible. The, it, would, uh, it really is. Actually, it's bigger than that because the, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States is the top, tippy-top, top dog. But he's not the boss of all the other judges, right? The Lord Chief Justice for England and Wales really is. In even some ways that the Supreme Court Justice, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States isn't. He's the top dog. I mean, unless Theresa May herself would sit in judgment, there is no higher office in the United Kingdom. That's incredible. Now, the third piece of news I have is more personal. Tommy, through his wife and other family members and lawyer, has requested that I personally attend. And I, I said, well, I was you know, thinking about it anyways, obviously. And the request from Tommy that I received, I did not talk to Tommy personally, but he talks to the family, and I received... Uh, two contacts from the family this morning, um, was that I go and report because Tommy is worried that the reportage will not be fair and accurate from the mainstream media, and obviously I agree. If you, and I see there's a super chat there from Melvina Moreland, I'll come back to you in a minute. Thank you, Melvina. If you follow the UK press, and I sort of do, I've got a Google alert for Tommy Robinson, maybe you do too. You know what I mean? You set up a Google News alert, and anytime there's a news story, it gets sent to me. And because uh, I'm curious of how the media is covering Tommy. And the answer is very poorly. Uh, they either don't cover important news, they uh, spin what they do cover, they cannot hide their antipathy towards him, and in some cases, they outright lie. They outright lie. It's one thing to spin things. It's one thing to have a heavy opinion that's negative. All right, that's fine. But to outright provide misinformation, fake news, as Donald Trump would say. So Tommy is worried that his appeal on July 18th in front of Sir Ian Burnett, Lord Chief Justice of the entire UK, Tommy's worried that even if he has a win in court, it will be, you know, Defeat will be snatched from the jaws of victory by the lying fake news. And I agree. I think that there will not be a single sympathetic journalist in that court and uh, of the mainstream media, so they're going to lie. Now, I think there may be some, I think there may be some uh, citizen journalists who attend who are fair to Tommy. But I don't know what kind of a platform or audience they have, and they may not be legally savvy. 
I'm a former lawyer myself. I used to work with Tommy, especially in the relevant matter of his contempt of court trial in Canterbury a year ago. So I'm familiar with Tommy's legal background. I'm familiar with contempt of court law in the UK. And I've been through this before. It's not my first rodeo, as they say. So Tommy says, Ezra, come to London. I say, sure. But obviously, I'm not going to pay for that from the SaveTommy.com crowdfund, because that is just for his legal fees, and 100% of the surplus goes to the family. So I'm going to have a separate crowdfund just to get me to London. Uh, I booked my flight and hotel. When you book it last minute, it's expensive. If you can help me out to get to London, I need to fly there. I need two nights in a hotel. And it's over 24, I forget how much, about 24, 2500 bucks. If you can help me, please go to tommytrial.com. Can we put that website up? So here's the details. If you go to tommytrial.com, we got the details of the name of the judge, the details of the date. Tommy's requested me to come. It's about 2500 bucks to get there. If you can help me out, please do. Mush Morant said, pay your own bills, Ezra. Uh, yeah, well, um, Tommy wants me to fly to London, and that's about 2500 bucks. and uh, we don't have any big benefactors. We're crowdfunded. If you don't want to pay, you don't have to. Just saying, if you want to help, please do. I expect that I will probably do 10 video updates um, from the court, during breaks in the court, after the court, I will seek permission to actually tweet from the courtroom. Obviously, I'm not going to be talking in the courtroom on video. I'll do those during breaks. But if I can get permission from the court, I will continuously live tweet the event. That might be a very useful thing to do. If you want to help me get over there, please do. Um, obviously, I'm not going to take money from Tommy's legal defense because this is not his legal defense, but it's a journalistic thing. So if you don't want to chip in, you don't have to. That's the fun thing about crowdfunding. If you want to be a free rider, you can. If you want to help out, you can. Melvina Moreland says, think the delay was so Tommy Robinson would miss President Trump visit? It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. Tommy taught me the word a stitch up, which sort of means an inside job. You were framed. The thing was done from the inside. There's been so many stitch ups. It's a stitch up to send him from a safe prison in HMP Hull to a dangerous prison dominated by Muslim criminal gangs, HMP only, that's a stitch up. There's no reason for that, it's not justified in law. That's just to put Tommy in legal jeopardy or to put him in solitary confinement, which is what they knew Tommy would do to protect his life. So yeah, it's a stitch up. And why did they change the date the first time? Oh, they said they needed more time. I'm sorry, I don't believe that. I don't believe that the Attorney General of the United Kingdom, who has more lawyers at his disposal than any other person in all of Europe, I just do not believe that he needed, you know, an extra two weeks uh, for the case. So, yeah, it's a stitch up. And I have no doubt that there's political reason for that, partly because Tommy has a demonstration this Saturday in London that they didn't want him to be at, and partly because of Trump, absolutely. Uh, and if you disagree with that, if you think that's speculation, give me your contrary hypothesis. Are you telling me that the Attorney General of the United Kingdom the law, who has more lawyers at his disposal than any other man in Europe, that he couldn't get the work done on time, that maybe he didn't, couldn't get the paperwork. He is the custodian of all the records. Maybe he couldn't get the transcript from the trial or something. Like what, what possible excuse could there be for the government of the United Kingdom with an unlimited legal budget and unlimited lawyers, unlimited expertise, unlimited access to documents? What possible excuse could there be that they're not ready for an appeal two months after the conviction? I'm sorry, I, uh, I was born at night, but not last night. Let me read some more comments. John Zealand, Ezra, you're going to have security. Hope so. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think I need security to be at the court, the Royal Courts of Justice in the United Kingdom. I think there will be court police there, and I do not think that I am well enough known that I would be in jeopardy, and even if I were well enough known in the UK to be in jeopardy, I do not think I would be in jeopardy at that site. Um, Tammy Patin Sandbelt, stitch up. Yes, I think that's accurate. Yeah, well, that's a phrase Tommy taught me. And you know, someone says, oh, it's rigged, I'm framed, and you think, yeah, everybody says that. Well, I think in Tommy's case, it's true. 
Uh, Ryan six eight five eight four says here can't Geert Wilders can't come now. Yeah, can you believe? I, you want to talk about the stitch up? As you know, Geert Wilders, spelled Geert Wilders, uh, the the second uh, leading politician in Holland, leader of the Party for Freedom. He spoke at Tommy's rally last month. He was invited back. He was going to speak this Saturday, and Theresa May uh, had the uh, foreign secretary advise that number one, Wilders would not have any. Uh, police security from British police. And number two, he wasn't allowed to bring his Dutch diplomatic security. So effectively, he's banned from coming to the rally. Imagine saying to a foreign diplomat, an ally, a friend, a liberal democracy, second in, you know, second largest party, uh, you're banned from having security if you come to London. I should remind you that the king of Saudi Arabia recently came to London. Uh, Russian oligarchs come all the time to London. They have private security. All the bad people in the world <laughs> go to London and have private security. But Theresa May said, no, here, Wilder, sorry, you're coming for Tommy Robinson. You may not bring security, either your own, and we certainly will not provide you security. Basically, they, they said, if you come, you'll die. Sort of like moving Tommy from prison in Hull to prison in Onley. So, yeah, a stitch up. When you do that so brazenly in public, imagine what you're doing secretly in private. A stitch-up. Exactly right. Andrew B., Ezra, don't get arrested for contempt of court. Well, you're not just joking. That's why I said I'm going to check with the court before I tweet from the courthouse. You don't want to be tweeting in the courthouse uh, if that's against the rules. Um, Let me read some more here. Jake writes, says, protest for Tommy Robinson this Saturday, 3 p.m., Whitehall, London. Yes, I've been referring to that, and uh, Geert Wilders will not be attending. I, I don't know who will be attending, but um, I encourage people to attend. Kerma Fox says, it won't be fair or accurate. Tommy is right. Yeah, and, you know, uh, I, just, I just feel like if I wasn't there, I would be here in Canada trying to glean facts to comment on those facts. But if I'm relying on the BBC for those facts, that's, you know, it's like a blind, I'd be a blind man. Because not only would I know that I'm not getting all the facts, but the facts that they put forward, I don't even know if I could trust them. I gotta be there to see what's going on. I wouldn't trust anyone else. I'm speaking for myself. I mean, maybe you trust other people. And if I wasn't there, I would have to make do, right? I wasn't there when Tommy had his drumhead trial, sentence, conviction in um, Leeds a couple months ago. So I am relying on secondhand and thirdhand reports there. Why wouldn't I attend if I could? El Chapacabra says Avi Yamini will be at the Tommy protest. That's great. He's an Australian Tommy supporter. I'm impressed that he's coming all the way from Australia. That's, that's great. Seafort Everton says, Mr. Wilders need not be afraid. We would protect the man ourselves. Well, I know that's probably true, but um, he needs professional security and he needs intelligence also because we're not just talking about a scuffle. We're talking about people who would assassinate him in a professional, awful hit job style. I'm sorry, that's how it is. Amanda Joy, Ezra, why is the UK government hell-bent on removing free speech? Well, because... Um, free speech is the tool of their opponents uh, to shine a light of public scrutiny on what they're doing wrong. And Tommy uses free speech to shine a light of scrutiny on the mass industrial scale rape of young British girls. And I mean young girls, as young as 11 in the case he was covering at Leeds. So if you're the government, what's easier to do? Solve the rape gang problem or shut up Tommy Robinson? It's the path of least resistance, am I right? Um, Paul Palmer, you have a lot of support in the UK, Ezra. Well, thanks, Paul. Uh, I mean, I really haven't done a lot of videos in the UK other than a few Tommy uh, Robinson update videos. Um, I've left that to other talents. We had Tommy working for us uh, for a year. We've got Jack Buckby. We've got Katie Hopkins. Uh, We have Martina Marcota. She is there. She's not a Brit um, by background, but she is based there. So we do have some Brits. Um, And I don't pretend that I'm well-known in the UK. Uh, I mean, I love the UK, and of course, I do have some viewers everywhere, but I don't think I have a critical mass there. Um, Let me just read some more. 
Gabriel Swift. Once again, it'll be the working class who will end up fighting to save Britain. Well, you're so, I was just thinking about that the other day. I mean, I grew up, uh, the way I grew up in Canada, in, in Britain, it would be called middle class. My, my father was a doctor. I went to a Jewish school, then I went to a public school. That's, you know, just a school anyone goes to, a government school. I don't know what they call it in the UK. Um, we weren't particularly snobby, but we just didn't, we weren't working class or blue collar. Um, but, but how I felt, especially growing up in the western province of Alberta, I felt like we were, we were in a real meritocracy. And no one ever said, well, where are you from? Or what school did you go to? Or who's your dad? Or like, there was none of that pedigree checking. It just wasn't a thing. And if there was someone who worked his way up from nothing, we sort of had that American style spirit of attaboy, rags to riches story. He's to be celebrated. I want to be like him. Like there's none of this know your place business. Canada, the United States, and especially Alberta where I was born, it's not about know your place. You know, which, but it wasn't until I met Tommy that I realized how much of a thing that is in the UK. And I think it's a snobbery. And I don't think it's legitimate. I'm not saying everyone practices it. But there's a real thing because a lot of the victims of these Muslim rape gangs, I'd say almost exclusively are working class British girls who are not connected, not fancy, not rich, not lawyered up, not with media or political friends. As Morrissey says, they're nobody's nothings. And Tommy is their voice. And what, what boggles my mind, I've told you this story before, is how the Labour Party, which claimed to represent the working class, is so not only silent on these issues of rape gangs, but they have been colonized by Muslim extremists. I think of Naz Shah, the British Labour MP Muslim woman, who actually retweeted to the rape victims of, I think it was Rotherham or Rochdale, shut up for the sake of public harmony, telling rape victims to shut up because she didn't want criticism of Islam, just outrageous. I see another super tweet. Free Tommy, Gabriel Swift, yeah, we're trying our best. Hey, did, I, did, did you see yesterday the news we got a free Tommy Robinson ringtone? Did you, were you here yesterday when I said that? Um, you know that, hey, Tommy, Tommy, we got that as a ringtone now. We got a lot of websites. Hey, can you put the Tommy ringtone? Uh, website up there it is if you want uh, if you want your Tommy ringtone I got that on you know what I've got I've got that really is my ringtone and so this morning my phone goes oh Tommy Tommy my phone starts saying that and who's who's it it's Tommy's family calling with the Tommy ringtone that was a funny moment for me can I encourage you to 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 do that, and if you've never changed your ringtone, it can be tricky if you're old and dumb like me. But on that website, we have two like instructional YouTube videos how to do it. I followed one of them, and if I can figure it out, you can figure it out. Can I encourage you to do that? Because it's fun. First of all, it reminds you of Tommy, and I'm not obsessed or anything. I just feel like I, we, I've got its mission, and when this mission's done, I'll take a break. You know, I'm not obsessed with Tommy. I mean, he worked for us for a year. It was good. He had his ups and downs, and then he left. And, you know, he wasn't on my mind a lot, but now he's in prison, and we've got to help him. So I'm, when, we, when, when we got him free, I'll calm down, and we won't talk about him all the time. But until then, we've got to stay on it, because if we don't, what, you think Amnesty International is going to help him? You think Reporters Without Borders is going to help him? You think Pan International is going to help him? You think Human Rights Watch is going to help him? You think the United Nations is going to help him? You think the Labour Party, the Conservative Party, even the, other than Gerard Batten of UKIP and uh, Anne-Marie Waters of Fort Britain, you think any, Paul, Paul, oh, Lord Pearson of UKIP, but I just think I just named them all. Um, <laughs> Pierce Morgan, who, you know, likes to fight with Tommy. I would put it to Pierce Morgan, probably agrees with about 80% of what Tommy says. He just doesn't want to admit it. Where's Pierce Morgan fighting for Tommy? Yeah, I know they disagree with each other. But don't you, don't you want to stand up for the freedom of speech? Tommy's in jail today. You might be in jail next week. Oh, you think you're too powerful? That'll never happen to you? Well, that's the thing about freedom. You've got to fight in the first ditch. It's easier to fight in the first ditch to fight in the last ditch. That's what we're doing. So we're filling the void here. And God willing, on July 18th, if Tommy Robinson wins his appeal, 
you know, we'll have a handshake and a hug, and, uh, and then we'll all go back to our normal lives, and hopefully Tommy will stay out of jail, and we'll just do whatever we do here in Canada, but until then, we're going to stay on it. And let me tell you, if you get that ringtone, it's a lot of fun. And, uh, and people say, what's that? And you can tell them the story. It's a fun, it's a fun thing. All right, enough about that. Um, Zenos 2 says, I wish we had a leader like Trump instead of our pathetic turds. I'm, I'm judging by your uh, avatar that you're in the United Kingdom. Um, Kevin Lee, Poland, Italy, and Hungary are done changing Western culture. Also, Brits are not leaders anymore. There's a little bit of truth there. There's a little bit of truth. Hopefully, the UK will wake up. Tommy's trying to help wake up the UK. Brexit should have woken up the UK, but they're trying to smother that. Uh, Andrea B says, Ezra, it's oh, Tommy, Tommy. Yeah, that's the, that's the ringtone. We took, go to, go to TommyRingtone.com. TommyRingtone.com, and you can download it for free. It's just the ringtone. It's no, it's no big deal. I'm just saying it's fun. That's all. Um, I'm just looking through the tweets here. Tammy Patinsk-Zanbelt says, Sikh girls were targeted too. This community banded together to stop it. You're exactly right. And one of Tommy's buddies is a Sikh fella named Mohan Singh. And he's quite a figure. Can we call up uh, some B-roll of Tommy and Mohan Singh? He's with, the, I think it's called the Sikh Awareness Society, and it's, he's focused like a laser on protecting Sikh girls because, of course, Muslim rape gangs, mainly they're predators targeting white girls, but they also target Sikh girls. I'm just saying what, what happens. So this guy Mohan Singh, he, he's, he spends his whole life driving around the UK going from Sikh temple, I think they're called Gurdwaras or something, I don't know how to pronounce that, warning them, helping them, trying to rescue the girls, trying to pull them out, even moving Sikh girls to different towns to get them away from these Muslim predators. It's quite something. Do we have that yet? Can we get a... a All right, I'll wait for that. Um, he's quite a figure. Sometimes he walks around with a sword. He's dressed in flowing robes. Uh, he's got the, he's got a ferocity to him. Uh, it's no big deal. Um, all right. Well, you know what? We, I, I saw there was a um, comment about Trump. So we have a poll. I want to show you uh, a YouGov poll. Of uh, YouGov is the name of a polling company. It's like Gallup poll in the United States. YouGov is a pollster in the UK. And with all the Trump derangement syndrome, can we put that poll up? There we go. Donald, here's the question from YouGov. Donald Trump has been invited to make an official state visit, working visit to Britain. Do you think this should go ahead or should it be canceled? Now that's sort of a dumb question. But um, Green says it should be canceled. Blue says it should go ahead. And uh, about half of Brits said go ahead, and about a third of Brits say cancel it. Now, it's stupid. Even if, even if most Brits said it should be canceled, that's not, it's not something you decide by vote. Um, it's, you know, governments meet with each other. Like I said, the king of Saudi Arabia went to the United Kingdom. You know, tyrants, tyrants love London. It's an amazing city. It's a great city if you have a lot of money. Um, it's got history, it's got great, it's got great everything. London's one of the most amazing cities in the world. Um, and tyrants are welcome there, I hate to say it, or maybe that's a great thing. Maybe it's great that everyone can go there, including tyrants, I don't know. But this just proves that uh, the mania on the left, well, it's not everyone, not everyone has that point of view. I want to show you, though, in Canada, our own state broadcaster, is trying to, trying to get in on the Trump derangement. Here, take a look at this 90-second clip from our own state broadcaster. <laughs> take a look at this. Thousands of protesters are expected to pack the streets for Trump's visit. The U.S. Embassy is actually warning Americans in London to steer clear of protests or to keep their heads down. But that might be hard to do. Our senior correspondent, Susan Ormiston, explains why. 
President Donald Trump isn't even in the UK and already the protests have started. And here's a rather amusing way for protesters to show they're not so keen on his visit here to the UK. Here you have it, the Donald Trump inflatable baby. They crowdfunded this project. They got more money than they needed to build this and they're going to fly it near the Parliament buildings on Friday when big demonstrations are expected here in London. You gotta love the detail. Look at this. There's a cell phone in his hand for those emergency tweets he'll be making. He's already said a few things about British politics that they're in turmoil. Organizers say that many people here in Britain are opposed to Trump and his policies. They say he's an unreliable ally to Britain and they want him to see this symbol. He may not because he's stopping very briefly in London and then going out to the country deliberately, going to Chequers, the Prime Minister's country residence, and to Windsor to visit the Queen, but not spending a lot of time in London. And he'll be in Scotland for the weekend. They may deflate this and cart it up to Scotland just for that. Susan Ormiston, CBC News, London. She's so excited. She's so excited. Now, I had heard of this uh, blimp, or they call it the blump, uh, the Trump blimp. I thought it was massive. So it, it looks like it's about 20 feet high. That's, that's sort of funny. I don't really know. I mean, it's a, it's a baby, Trump as a baby. I, I guess that's supposed to be really hurtful or something. Um, the cell phone, maybe that's supposed to be really hurtful. I don't know. I think Trump loves tweeting. Um, that was a minute and a half of pure love by Canada's state broadcaster for anti-Trump derangement in the UK. Sort of a big nothing, I gotta say. And even the intro from uh, state broadcaster headquarters in, in Toronto, thousands of protesters. There's millions, I've, I don't know what the exact population of London is, probably around 10 million. There's a thousand people who protest anything in London. Tommy himself has had 5,000 pro-Tommy protesters in Manchester. Um, it looks a little bit pitiful to me. I'm not saying they won't be out in force. I mean, every hater, uh, that combination of leftist, alt-left, laborites, Antifa, who are really strong in the UK, and of course all the Muslim supremacists, including, I'd put in that category, the mayor of London, sure they're gonna be out. But um, I gotta say that Trump blimp, it's a little pitiful, like it's a lot small, it's not the size of a blimp, it's like a, it's like a bouncy castle. It's sort of lame. It's sort of lame that the CBC gave it 90 seconds like that. But I think the fact that Sadiq Khan, uh, the Muslim mayor of London, is approving it and endorsing it, I think that's the lamest part of all. I say again, London is one of the world's great cities. If you've never been there, you surely must go. And you should go quickly as it's becoming Islamified and criminalized. There's more murders, there's more shootings in London now than in New York City. That's sort of embarrassing for the Brits. Um, I mean, it would be embarrassing for whoever has a lot of shootings, but um, London's still a great city. And if this is the best London wants the world to see, we have a small Trump blimp, and that's what we have to show the world. I mean, when the, you know, when the world's eyes are on your city, that's what you want to showcase. You sort of come down a bit in the world, haven't you? Let me read some more comments. Have I missed any? Uh, have I missed any of the super chats? I don't think I have. If I have, my team will surely tell me. Um, Dr. Rouser says Londonistan acid land. Yeah, there's this weird thing where people boot around London in mopeds, throwing acid at people. Like, it's just a bizarre thing, and that's Sadik Khan's London. Um, Gzerp1982 says eight million population in London. All right. Well, I wasn't far off when I said ten. Dr. Cheryl Ezra, to have paid comments, you have to enable them. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I think you probably have to sign in. You have to probably get an account on YouTube because otherwise, how would you how would you do that, right? So, um, I don't think it takes that that long to set up. You just have to become a YouTube, have a YouTube account, and it's it's not that hard to do. Um, Gerald Saydu, 500 viewers. That's it. Yeah, there's uh, looks like 555 viewers now. Um, but when this live chat is done, it becomes a regular video. The chat part is disabled. 
it, people see the chats, they just can't make new chats. And uh, these videos typically get a few thousand views. It's just a fun thing to do every, every day at noon, which is what I do. I see a new super chat from Jolly Jester. Five bucks, what do you think about the increase in transgender books like I Am Jazz being read to children, including kindergarten in Canadian schools? Well, you gotta tune in at eight o'clock today. I just recorded an interview with Tanya Granick Allen, who ran for the leadership of the Ontario Conservative Party, um, in large part on a campaign to remove the extreme child sex ed curriculum in Ontario. And that was in fact, uh, abolished this week by Ontario's Conservatives, and we had a bit of a chat about that, and she talked about other trans issues on the show. You should tune in at 8 p.m. for my show where I go in at some great length on that, but I agree with you. I think that, you know, there are some things, and even, I mean, I've, I have my quarrels with transgenderism that I won't go into now, but even if you're for it, I think we can all agree, keep it away from children of ton tender years. What the hell are you doing telling eight-year-old kids about transgenderism other than to recruit them and plant weird ideas. When you're eight, you're pre-sexual. You know, even Freud talked about a latency, you know. Keith McIntosh from Mexico have recently noted ads on Rebel videos where none existed before. Something changed, making you YouTube revenue again. You know, Keith, I've noted that as well, and I find it a little green shoot of hope. Um, I should tell you, though, that the dollar amount is still quite low, and we are nowhere near where we were before the great demonetization of uh, January, February 2017. So yes, there are YouTube videos where there weren't before. I also see that on pages of other conservatives who were blacklisted by YouTube before. Um, but I don't want to break out the champagne because alas, we are still 80% down from where we were before the demonetization. Um, no miracle. Ezra will be covering the trial in the UK and they have a Tommy Robinson ringtone now. You know that Tommy Robinson chant. Yeah, that's uh, some news I had a moment ago. Uh, Gavin Betts, I'm from Sheffield, UK, and I love Trump. He's awesome and I'm sick of all the Trump bashing here. Can we Google the uh, mayor of Sheffield who was dressed up in a Mexican sombrero and he tweeted a picture of himself uh, mocking Trump? I don't know much about Sheffield. Uh, the first I heard of Sheffield was the HMS Sheffield, a, a frigate or a destroyer. Uh, yeah, go ahead, put, uh, put it up. There's the mayor of Sheffield. He's a Muslim man, Green Party extremist. Donald Trump in a, is a waste man. That's the mayor of Sheffield. He's a clown. He's a fool. He's uh, born in Pakistan, obviously. Um, hates America, hates Trump. I think, I'm not gonna say he hates Sheffield, but I will say he's transforming Sheffield. I was gonna say, I don't know much about Sheffield other than it was the name of a, sh a ship in the Falklands Island that unfortunately was lost in that battle, in the Falklands War, rather. Uh, I just look at this guy. This is the United Kingdom. Sadiq Khan is the mayor of London, and this guy, I think his name is Majid Majid or something. That is the mayor of Sheffield, England. You know, if you look at the mayors in Sheffield going back centuries, it's such a dignified British town, and this clown show is the mayor today. And that's, that's, the, that's the Trump derangement syndrome, that's this merger of the alt-left and the Muslim supremacist left that I'm talking about. That is the United Kingdom. That's the UK. Uh, Five Liver says, I think he's Somali. I think you're right. I'm sorry, I got that wrong. Um, waste man, yeah, that's an insult. Okay, um, let's just check the time, it's 12.38. Uh, for those of you who are watching now who weren't watching before, I have uh, some news for you about Tommy Robinson. You can find out the news at TommyTrial.com. The news is that Tommy's appeal is no longer on July 24th. It's now being brought forward to July 18th, so it's sooner. That's good. The second and really interesting piece of news to me is that the judge is no longer Lord Justice Brian Levson, but rather Ian Burnett, who is the... Lord Chief Justice for the entire UK. The top judge. It would be like the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States. 
and he's overseeing a panel of three judges. He's one of three judges. That's incredible to me. A three-judge panel led by the Chief Justice of the United Kingdom. Amazing. Is that not amazing? I think that's amazing. And then the third piece of news is that Tommy has asked me to go to the trial to cover it because Tommy believes, and I think he's right on this, that he will not get a fair hearing from the mainstream media. I, that's obviously true. I have a legal background myself. I also know Tommy's legal background. I worked with him in his Canterbury Contempt of Court case, so I think that I'll be, first of all, fair to Tommy. Let's be honest, I'm going to be pro-Tommy. And second of all, I understand a little bit of law and a little bit about his own legal background. So it is my goal to go there and provide as many reports as I can in video, on Twitter, by email, whatever. Uh, I'm guessing I'll probably have 10 reports. Um, if you can help me crowdfund my way there, I'd be grateful because it's not cheap buying a last-minute ticket to London. If you can chip in a few bucks at tommytrial.com, I'd be grateful. That is a separate crowdfund from our Save Tommy crowdfund, which is 100% for Tommy's lawyers and his family. So um, that's the news today. Let's go back to some of the other stories. I, uh, I started off by mentioning NATO. And uh, we showed you, can you put it back up, the kissing uh, tweet? Justin Trudeau is just accused uh, credibly of groping a woman in Canada. And there he is, the guy with the bald head and the beard. I think that's the Prime Minister of Belgium. And Trudeau just passes right by him and he goes in for the kiss, 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 because you see a girl, you kiss her. Isn't that more important than shaking the hand of the Prime Minister of Belgium? Um, I want to show you something else though. A, a photo of the various first ladies at NATO. So you have all these NATO bosses. Donald Trump is there with Melania. Emmanuel Macron is there with his wife, whose name I've just momentarily forgotten, Brigitte. Where's Sophie Gregoire Trudeau? You can see the lady with the hijab. That's Erdogan's wife. To me, it's outrageous that Turkey is even part of NATO. You can see the, the lady in the yellow dress. I think that's the Belgian PM. Um, Brigitte Macron is the third from the right. I guess the fella there, I guess there's, uh, that's someone's husband. I don't, let, me, let me read the caption. First Lady Melania Trump, Trump and France's First Lady Brigitte Macron. Sweden Prime Minister's spouse, Ulo Lofven. Belgian Prime Minister's partner, Amelie Derpoderguin. I didn't say that right. So those are the names there. Where's Sophie? Where's Sophie? Oh, President Donald Tusk's wife. Why, why is the EU? Why is the EU president there? I don't know. Um, where's Sophie Trudeau? Remember when Melania Trump had surgery? And so she was not doing public events for a couple. It was serious surgery. She, she, I think she was an inpatient in the hospital. The media was obsessed with, where's Melania? And of course, the Trump derangement said, oh, she's run away from Donald Trump. She's humiliated by <laughs> Donald Trump. Oh, they, were, they were giving in to their own fevered fantasies. Um, wasn't true, of course. She was just recovering from fairly serious surgery. Well, what's Sophie Trudeau? Is she hiding from the public because of all this groping news? That's my theory. And it's not a baseless theory like the Melania uh, derangement syndrome because, of course, Sophie Trudeau has acknowledged that in the past she has had tremendously stressful relations with her philandering husband. I don't think it's really uh, inappropriate to say that because it's so obviously true. Um, Grant Garen Mann chips in 10 bucks and says, greetings from Ohio. You are keeping us informed in a much needed way. Well, thanks very much. And I did not foresee this whole thing, but I remember when Tommy was arrested on May 25th, I was watching him on Facebook Live. I can't, by chance I was watching, I don't know how that happened. I guess it popped up on my feed and I saw, I'll take a look at this. And I remember when he turned to the camera and he said, George, get a solicitor. I know George, we used to, George used to work for us, we fired George. And I thought, do they, do they know how to do that? I mean, I'm a lawyer by training. I, I, no, I no longer practice law, but we, we do a lot of lawyering here. We have a lot of lawyers. 
We fight cases all the time. When one of our reporters gets in trouble, we hire a lawyer, we crowdfund it. That's, that's our model. So I thought, okay, I know what to do, but I don't work with Tommy anymore. He's gone independent, so what do we do? So it took me a, a few weeks before I got permission from Tommy and his family to get engaged. And uh, I have not sought to be his spokesman in any wide-ranging way, just on the narrow issue of crowdfunding and the small facts appertaining thereto. Um, but Tommy has made this new request that I go to London and report on the trial, and I think that's right. I think that's right, because there are sympathetic people to Tommy who are citizen journalists in the UK. You, you probably know some of them by name, a lot of YouTubers. There's a great guy named Red Pill Phil. You know who I'm talking about? He's great. I uh, even got pundits like Paul Joseph Watson, my favorite YouTube commentator in the world who doesn't work for the Rebel. You've, got, you've, got all, you've even got Count Dankula, right? You know who I'm talking about? The guy who was convicted for saying mean things uh, to his dog or whatever. Um, those are all good guys and gals, but um, I mean, I, I, I think that we have the combination of knowledge of the law, knowledge of Tommy's case, and we've got a good size audience. I think we've just got to go there and tell the truth about this appeal, because I just don't trust the BBC state broadcaster. I don't trust the so-called private broadcasters in the UK. I certainly don't trust the alt-left media like Vice or BuzzFeed. They hate Tommy. Um, you'd think the tabloids that have a working class audience would be fair to Tommy. They're not. It's really bizarre to me. Newspapers, 90% of whom, you know, their readers would support Tommy, they're hostile to Tommy. I don't get it. I don't get it. I think we have to go there is what I'm saying. You think anyone else is going to tell you what's accurately going on in that court of appeal? If so, I sure would like to know the name. There's, there's only one reporter that I would trust in the entire UK to treat Tommy Wright, and his name is, uh, is it Andrew Neal of the BBC? He's a very, very thoughtful guy who I think is secretly sympathetic to Tommy, but he's more a, a commentator, he's not a reporter. And you got a couple of good guys from Breitbart, absolutely, let me not discount them. You got some good guys at Breitbart, I bet they'll send someone. Sorry, I shouldn't have left them out. Breitbart London is very good. You got James Dellingpole, you got Doug Murray from, uh, Douglas Murray from The Spectator, and Dellingpole from, I think he writes for Breitbart. But that's it, folks. That's it in that whole country. So I think we got to go and cover it. I see some more super chats. Keith McIntosh, Sophie's with her team serving the people. <laughs> yeah. Kappa DeSau says, are you going live during the trial? Well, uh, I think I addressed that a little bit earlier, and the answer is um, I will do whatever I can that the court permits. So some courts don't let you live tweet. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, I'm not going to be, like, I'm going to be sitting in the courtroom. So obviously, I'm not going to be talking noisily into a camera during that when there's a break, when there's a you know, lunch break or coffee break, and courts take those, obviously, I would step out and talk into the camera. Um, and then I would go back in. So I would be giving intermittent updates like that. At the end of the day, I'll, I'll have several lengthy updates, obviously. What I want to do is tweet from my laptop, just type, type, type. I'm a fast typist. I think I could do a tweet like every two minutes or something. Like I would almost be transcribing what I heard. But not all courts allow you to do that. In Canada, you need the permission of a court to do that. I don't know how it is in the States. I bet they're freer because they got their First Amendment. I don't want to be in contempt of court. I don't want someone to have to crowdfund my lawyer to get me out. So I'm, I'm going to have to get the permission of the judge. It would be awful if I couldn't. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll be allowed to. Um, all right, let's see what time it is. 12.49, we got 10 minutes left. Um, I showed you the first ladies and one first gent in NATO, although we couldn't find uh, Justin Trudeau's missus. I wonder why. I showed you that um, CBC Trump blimp love letter. <laughs> I showed you Trudeau kissing the wife of the Belgian PM. He does that a lot. Um, I'm going to skip the other Trudeau stuff. 
uh, because it's, it's on a whole different subject. It's about NATO spending, and we only have 10 minutes left. What I'm going to do, with your permission, is um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a bunch of comments because there's some really interesting comments I see they're going, they're going by. So why don't I do that for the rest of the time? Uh, Jane J. Hey, Ezra, you packed your prison bag. I didn't even know what a prison bag was until Tommy told me. It's when, when you're going to be sentenced and there's a likelihood you're going to jail, uh, you bring your prison bag. It's like your toothbrush and stuff like that. It's, it's what you're taking with you into prison. It's called a prison bag. I didn't even know about that. Um, Tammy says, Ezra, let's hope you can live tweet. Yeah, for sure, I want to do that. Uh, Gooey Burson, Brit Kangaroo Court. Well, I told you who the judge is. Did you, did you hear me? Go to, go to TommyTrial.com for the details on that. I won't say him a third time, but uh, the absolute highest judge in the entire United Kingdom, the Lord Chief Judge of the entire United Kingdom is presiding over a three-judge panel. I'm not going to call that a kangaroo court, sorry. It's, it's, it, I'm just not going to. I think it's a serious judge's panel. Um, Amy Ward, but please tell us what happened afterwards. Oh, I'm going to, uh, you're not going to be able to shut me up. I'm going to, I'm going to talk before, during, at, well, not during, before, after, in between, whenever I can. What, that's the only reason I'm going there. I don't have, I don't have family in the UK. I've already done the tourist thing there. I, I'm just going for one reason only. And that's just to report the hell out of this appeal. Don't you think that's the way to do it? Um... Paladin Smith, UK police don't go after Jews, Ezra. You'll be fine, laugh out loud. Uh, I don't know if that's true. <clears throat> I don't think it's a Jewish thing. I think they would go after anyone who is A, breaking the law, which I do not intend to do, or B, breaking the political norms. That's more and more the political policing there. I have to say there's a chance they won't let me in the country, right? There's a chance they won't even let me in the country. Am I right? I hope that doesn't happen. Um, no miracle chips in two bucks. Thank you for that. Yeah, P. Toth says, Ezra, they will stop you from entering just like they did for Lauren Southern. Well, I hope they don't. <clears throat> I don't think they would have any cause to do so. And I think it would rather be outrageous if they did. But we are in the land of outrage, of outrages, don't you think? Wake up, Ezra, any fear you won't get into the UK? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, they just blocked Geert Wilders through a trick, as I described earlier. They blocked Lauren Southern, Brittany Pettibone, Martin Selner. Have I missed anyone? Um, Paladin Smith, I reckon you'll be all right. Well, I sure hope so. Liam McMC, ask before you get your ticket. Yeah, too late. And, you know, you don't want to, I don't think I would want to ask. And what would I do anyways? I would go anyways. Um, Kim Sated says, good evening from England, Ezra. You are keeping a lot of us sane over here. Thank you for your support. Well, if I'm keeping you sane, that's, that's a pretty bad state of affairs. I'm joking around. Um, Diddy Crefield, welcome to the UK, Ezra. Well, listen, I've been to the UK plenty of times. Uh, I've been as a tourist. I've taken my family. I went as a kid. But Tommy showed me a whole other side of the UK that Part of me wishes I never knew. I wish that in my mind the UK was tourist stuff, um, Buckingham Palace, um, Millennium Eye, or whatever, the big Ferris wheel, um, Trafalgar Square, um, Fancy Gardens, Churchill, Shakespeare, Thatcher. That's what the UK was to me until I met Tommy. I've seen the dystopian side of the UK since I met Tommy. Uh, true contrarian, the seeds of right-wing growth are sown in the ripe decay of failed leftist policies. Tommy is the catalyst for many to want rid of a political class that has sheltered these grooming gangs for years. Well, yeah, and that's, you know, it's interesting. And the delay on Brexit, I think, is making things worse. It's breaking down trust in the establishment. Uh, it's interesting that Nigel Farage is at least brooting the idea of coming back. Nigel has not yet fully sunk his teeth into the Muslim grooming gang issue. I think he's afraid of being marginalized as far right. I wish he would uh, take on that issue as vigorously as Gerard Batten, the current UKIP leader, has. Paulus Matusevicus, Ezra, stay strong and fight the good fight. God bless. Well, I'll do my best. Thank you. Um, 
Gabriel Swift, if they keep us in the EU, I predict more than protests as the majority of us were waiting for us to leave so we could then turn our full attention to the sick ideology named Islam. Well, that's what's going to be interesting to me is are Brits passive or are Brits active? Americans are active, they're proactive, they're independent-minded, and I think part of it is because um, First Amendment, Second Amendment, Constitution, Brits have been disarmed and I think they've been bureaucratized. They've been taught to think like they are wards of the state. And I'm not insulting them. I mean, this is not an insult. I think it's an observation. I think Brits accept things from their government. And it's a, the drop of it's in the class system too. Know your place, know your place. Know your place in, in the social strata, but know your place. There's the state and there's you. In America, they had a revolution, turned things around. Canada's sort of halfway between the two, would you agree? Um, <clears throat> Jay O'Shea says, British media are no different than most Canadian media. Fake. That's true. Tammy says, is Tommy still in solitary confinement? Yes, he is. For his own safety. Um, the K-Man, we are actually free. All right, prove it. Uh, Amy Ward, the press is the problem here in England. Well, that's why there are more than 900 police in the London Metropolitan Police alone who are on the Facebook beat. You think I'm kidding? I am not kidding. There are 900 police in London who do nothing but sift through Facebook and Twitter and go after hate speech. Absolutely. Um, wake up, Rebel Media says, please, where is the appeal taking place? It's taking place at the Royal Courts of Justice. The neighborhood is called Temple, or the Strand. I don't know my neighborhoods very well, but that's where it is, the Royal Courts of Justice. Um, Andre Nicotina says Tommy Robinson is an admitted Zionist. Yes, he is. Um, Out Daft UK says England still lives in small villages. I think you're right. I think there is a, that side of Britain is still traditional. Um, Mush Morant, do people get their money back if you were denied entry to the UK, Ezra? I very much don't think so, no. I could be wrong. Um, happy into Fidel Fox, Pamela Geller, Robert Spencer, banned. Oh yes, I forgot about them, thank you. Yeah, the, the Brits, they ban people all the time. Um, Coppa de Sao, the trial is another verse in the ballad about the lynching of Tommy Robinson. Yeah, there's some Tommy songs out there. I think there should be a great ballad though. Um, I'm just looking, there's some, I'm just trying to find a comment that's not an inside comment referring to another comment. Uh, Kim, oh, I've already read that one. Um, Jane J, we are all Winston Smith right now. Well, I know who you mean. Winston Smith is the hero in the book 1984 by George Orwell. I don't know the answer to this question, maybe you do. Do they even assign 1984 to kids in school to read anymore? I don't know. I hope so. You know, I remember when I first went to China, 10 years ago, maybe a dozen years ago now, and I was so curious, I was worried they wouldn't let me into China. I flew into Shanghai or Beijing, I can't remember which, Beijing. And uh, I had put journalist on my visa application and that it was sort of a dumb idea. I just wanted to be honest. So they really grilled me and they finally let me in. And one of the things I did in my first few days in Beijing was I went to bookstores and I saw what books I could find. Could I find On Liberty by John Stuart Mill? Yes. Could I find Animal Farm or 1984 by George Orwell? Yes. I tried typing in book titles that I thought would be subversive in the eyes of the communists. Now, maybe this was in some fancy bookstore in Beijing, but it wasn't just a Western bookstore. Most of the books were Chinese. I was the only white guy in the store, so this, isn't, this was not for expats. Uh, I tried typing in the most provocative, uh, freedom-oriented titles I could. I couldn't find anything that tripped the wire until I got on matters of religion, Christianity, uh, Falun Gong, which is a Chinese sect, or Chinese politics itself, like Chairman Mao. But I was actually surprised, and my expectations were extremely low, of what would be censored. 
Um, I'd say the UK's level of censorship is almost out of China's. I know you're saying that's crazy. That's crazy to say. Really? I just told you that there are 900 police in London who arrest you for saying things on Facebook. How's that different from China? What's Tommy Robinson in prison for? Reporting outside a trial. Why is he in solitary? To punish him. And I know you're saying that's rogue, but how, really, how different is that from China? Now, I, can, I could answer that. I could tell you why it's different. We think this is rogue, as opposed to with China, it's the rule. And it would be odious to compare the UK and China. But you tell me the direction the UK is going. I tell you it's going in the direction of China's censorship. Folks, it's one o'clock on the nose. Uh, if you want more information about Tommy's new appeal, go to tommytrial.com. If you want that free Tommy ringtone, go to tommyringtone.com. That's it for me. It's one o'clock. Tune in to my 8 p.m. Eastern show tonight. Until then, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, goodbye and keep fighting for freedom.